0: Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is March 6th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block and we're going to jump over to the book of Mark. Now the stories that we're going to see here in the book of Mark are also in Matthew chapter 9. I just kind of like them in Mark a little bit better so we're going to read them here. But what's fascinating to me about these stories is that in both Mark and Matthew, the chronological order of these stories is the same. And that's so important. That might not make sense right now, but it will. Now, before we jump into the scriptures, I want you to consider is there something in your life right now that you desperately want to save yourself with? Is there something that you are seeking him for? If so, keep that in mind as we take a look at these stories and study. Someone in the Savior's time who desperately needed the Savior enough to seek him out. So starting in verse 21 of Mark chapter 5, it says, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Now let's pause there just really, really quickly. Because it's interesting, Mark makes note of this man's name. Matthew doesn't. We just know that he's a chief elder in the synagogue, that he's kind of this high up in the synagogue. But Mark is actually going to give us his name. And I love that because if it weren't for Mark, we would never know who Jairus was. So I love that we get that preserved from Mark. But also what I love here is we've got this chief ruler in the synagogue who seeks out Jesus and then falls at his feet, that would have been something that would have been unheard of for a ruler in the synagogue. That kind of humility to fall at the Savior's feet from someone in such high position and high power in the Jewish culture would have been just shocking. So I love that description there. But then we see why he falls at the Savior's Feet. We see his desperation, his need for the Savior in the next verse. It says, And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Now, there's a couple things about this verse that really just tug at my heartstrings. First of all, is this daughter who is sick and sick to the point where she could die at any moment. And Jarius knows this. And knowing it, he left her side to go find the one person that he believed capable to help. I can't imagine sitting at the side of a dying child and being able to tear myself away from that child, knowing that they could take their last breath without me there. I just can't imagine leaving at that point. But at the same time, if Jarius thought that there was anything that could save his daughter, I can't imagine staying. What a difficult position that would have been for Jarius. But he decides to leave, putting all his faith in Christ. And notice his declaration of faith. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. There's no maybes here. There's no can this happen. It is just... Come do this, because I know if you do this, she's going to live. Now, continuing on, it says, And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. So Jesus and Jairus take off for Jairus' house. And they're going, but there are tons of people all around. People are thronging him. And then we get this insertion of another story. And I love this story. It's one of my favorite stories. I know you're rolling your eyes. I say that all the time, but I absolutely love this story. But we're not going to talk much about it today because we'll go in depth with the actual story later. But I think this chronological order of things is so important. And I love that we see it the same way in Matthew and in Mark. Jairus comes, he pleads with the Savior to come to heal his daughter, and then they go. And then this story happens in the middle of it. As they're going, the woman with the issue of blood comes and she touches the hem of the Savior's garment. She's healed. Virtue's gone out of her. The Savior's like, who touched me? And he takes this moment with her. He pauses and he takes time out of rushing to Jairus's daughter's side. Now, I want you to take just a second and imagine what Jairus may have been feeling In this moment, he is devastated. He goes to find the Savior. He actually finds him, which is amazing. It's not like they had find a friend on their phones back then, but he actually finds the Savior and must have felt so lighthearted, so happy, so hopeful that he had found the Savior, and even more so when the Savior agreed to come and to heal his daughter. And so here they are. I can almost imagine Jarius with this new pep in his step as he's walking along with the Savior, and then someone stops them. Then this event happens that stops the progress. Imagine what Jarius must have been thinking. He must have been plagued with worry, maybe frustration, maybe even anger. Lord, why are you stopping? I told you my daughter is nigh unto death. We have got to hurry. And yet the Savior stopped, knowing all that he knows. He stopped to take this moment with this woman. And we'll talk about that later, but I just want to bring it up now. Only so that we can understand what Jarius may have been going through. From going from fear to elation to now maybe anger or frustration. I can't imagine him watching that scene with the woman impatiently as he was concerned about his daughter. My friends, have you ever had moments like that? Where you are seeking a blessing from the Lord. Where you are desperately needing him for something. And yet his timeline isn't quite the same as yours where you feel like this is a blessing that you need now, and yet he's not rushing to give you that blessing like you would have him rush to give you that blessing. Sometimes that happens in our lives. As we seek the saviors, we desperately need his blessings, and then maybe it doesn't come in the time that we're expecting. That can be so heartbreaking, so frustrating. And I imagine that it was for Jarius as well. But look at what happens here as the story continues. He takes this moment with this woman. And then they continue on. And it says, while he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, certain which said, thy daughter is dead. Why troublest the master any further? So here, Jairus is already probably pretty frustrated, pretty upset. And yet in that moment of frustration, someone comes in there like, it's too late. Your daughter's died. Don't even bother the master. There's nothing he can do now. Imagine the heartbreak. The hurt. Possibly the anger. I imagine it like a Mary and Martha moment. Lord, had you been here, our brother would not have died. I can imagine Jairus thinking, Lord, if you had just come and not stopped and not taken this moment, my daughter wouldn't have died. But look at the Savior. Look at what he does. It says, as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid. Only believe. Even then even in his sadness, even in his hurt. The Savior said, it's going to be okay. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. President Monson used to teach that faith and fear can't coexist together. And so here, the Savior's reminding Jairus, let's not be afraid. Let's go back to the faith that you had in me before, that I could lay my hands on her and heal her. Try not to focus on that fear, but just believe. My friends, we often have similar experiences in our lives where fear tries to overcome our faith. And sometimes we try to reestablish our faith by focusing on the fear. Now, that doesn't make sense. Let me explain that a little further. We try so hard to say, no, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. And we try to fight the fear rather than increase the faith. The only way to expel that fear from our lives isn't by focusing on the fear. It's by turning back to the Savior. And focusing on our faith in him. As faith increases, fear naturally departs. That is the order of things. So, here, as Jarius is devastated and upset, the Lord teaches him to counteract that fear with faith. My friends, I testify that as we turn to the Savior and allow Him to touch our lives, we can be made whole if only we will look first. To our faith. Elder Anderson once taught challenges, difficulties, questions, doubts, these are part of our mortality. But we are not alone. As disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have enormous spiritual reservoirs of light and truth available to us. Faith and fear cannot coexist in our hearts at the same time. In our days of difficulty, we choose the road of faith. Jesus said, Be not afraid, only believe. My friends, I testify that as we turn to him, as we trust him, and as we place our faith in him, his light can come into our lives and his peace can come into our hearts and fear can depart from our minds. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.